0: laughing behind her fan at the grim Duchess of Albuquerque, who always accompanied her, he thought of the young Queen, her mother, who but a short time before, so it seemed to him, had come from the gay country of France, and had withered away in the sombre splendour of the Spanish court, dying just six months after the birth of her child, and before she had seen the almonds blossom twice in the orchard, or plucked the second year's fruit from the old gnarled fig tree that stood in the centre of the now grass-grown courtyard. So great had been his love for her, that he had not suffered even the grave to hide her from him. She had been embalmed by a Moorish physician, who in return for this service had been granted his life, which, for heresy and suspicion of magical practices, had been already forfeited, men said, to the Holy Office, and her body was still lying on its tapestried bier in the black marble chapel of the palace, just as the monks had borne her in on that windy March day nearly twelve years before. Once every month the king, wrapped in a dark cloak and with a muffled lantern in his hand, went in and knelt by her side, calling out, Mirena! Mirena! And sometimes breaking through the formal etiquette that in Spain governs every separate action of life and sets limits even to the sorrow of a king, he would clutch at the pale jeweled hands in a wild agony of grief and try to wake by his mad kisses the cold painted face. "'Today he seemed to see her again, "'as he had seen her first at the castle of Fontainebleau, "'when he was but fifteen years of age and she still younger. "'They had been formerly betrothed on that occasion "'by the papal nuncio in the presence of the French king and all the court, "'and he had returned to the escurial, "'bearing with him a little ringlet of yellow hair "'and the memory of two childish lips bending down to kiss his hand "'as he stepped into his carriage. "'Later on had followed the marriage.' hastily performed at Burgos, a small town on the frontier between the two countries, and the grand public entry into Madrid with the customary celebration of high mass at the church of La Atucha, and a more than usually solemn auto da Fé, in which nearly three hundred heretics, amongst whom were many Englishmen, had been delivered over to the secular arm to be burned. Certainly he had loved her madly and to the ruin, many thought, of his country, then at war with England for the possession of the Empire of the New World. He had hardly ever permitted her to be out of his sight, for her he had forgotten, or seemed to have forgotten, all grave affairs of state, and with that terrible blindness that passion brings upon its servants, he had failed to notice that the elaborate ceremonies by which he sought to please her did but aggravate the strange malady from which she suffered. When she died he was, for a time, like one bereft of reason. Indeed, there is no doubt that he would have formally abdicated and retired to the great Trappist monastery at Granada, of which he was already titular prior, had he not been afraid to leave the little infanta at the mercy of his brother, whose cruelty, even in Spain, was notorious, and who was suspected by many of having caused the Queen's death by means of a pair of poisoned gloves that he had presented to her on the occasion of her visiting his castle in Aragon even after the expiration of the three years of public mourning that he had ordained throughout his whole dominions by royal edict, he would never suffer his ministers to speak about any new alliance, and when the emperor himself sent to him and offered him the hand of the lovely Archduchess of Bohemia, his niece, in marriage, he bade the ambassadors tell their master that the king of Spain was already wedded to sorrow, and that though she was but a barren bride, he loved her better than beauty." an answer that cost his crown the rich provinces of the Netherlands, which soon after, at the Emperor's instigation, revolted against him under the leadership of some fanatics of the Reformed Church. His whole married life, with its fierce, fiery-coloured joys and the terrible agony of its sudden ending, seemed to come back to him today as he watched the Infanta playing on the terrace. She had all the Queen's pretty petulance of manner, same wilful way of tossing her head, the same proud, curved, beautiful mouth, the same wonderful smile. Vrai sourire de France, indeed, as she glanced up now and then at the window, or stretched out her little hand for the stately Spanish gentleman to kiss. But the shrill laughter of the children grated on his ears. And the bright, pitiless sunlight mocked his sorrow, and a dull odour of strange spices, spices such as embalmers. Use.